this is Rob Unspock, and welcome back to another edition of E-Heroes. This is episode 234, for all those keeping count. And I'm bringing back someone who last appeared on episode 132. And uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So I'm just going to welcome Belden Colm, and and we're going to talk about health struggles. Because... Since I last had Belden on the show, I've gotten COVID several times. The first time almost killed me. Uh, now I've had it milder since. <clears throat> but the world is in turmoil. Everybody is trying to, to reach for the next uh, healthy, shiny object to make them whole again. And it's, I, I don't know, I, I, I think that people are doing things for the wrong reasons. <clears throat> so I want everybody to listen to Belden because uh, he's got science down. Right, Belden? When it comes to health, I like to think so, yeah. Thank you for the invite, Rob. I appreciate it. It's been a while. You know, it's, uh, you know I, I've talked to a lot of people, and, and, and since COVID, uh, it just seems like uh, any ailment that they've gotten has been worse than it was prior to COVID. So I don't know if COVID changed the way our, our bodies disseminate things uh, or or acclimate to the new things. But um, yeah, um, it just seems like it's, it's uh, we can all just blame COVID. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting how it's become a confluence of problems, right? Yeah. In in science, when you go to change something, this is true in business too. When you go and change a model, you try to change it one element at a time so you know if that element made a difference, right? If you change your entire business model, every element changed. Mm-hmm. How do you know what it was that caused the problem, that made right. it better, that made it worse, right? It's kind of the same through this thing. We have a novel virus that we hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. We attacked it with a novel vaccine that we had never seen or used before. We brought in a bunch of medications that prior to that time hadn't been used in human beings. We had this whole confluence of different things happening at the same time. And how do you know what Mm -hmm. it was that's made things better or worse? Mm -hmm. But there's been one thing that's just gotten under my skin from the very beginning of it. And that's how determined everybody in any kind of of health organization around the world studiously tried to avoid the topic of eating right mm-hmm. and, and getting your health back and one of the most blatant was the nutritional organization up in Canada which came out with a, a straight out statement that said food cannot boost your immune system straight out black and white and i'm like wow we're taking literally the only thing that can boost your immune system and we're pushing it down. And when all the data came out from the CDC, as we kind of say as COVID ended, even though we all know it hasn't ended, mm-hmm. right? But when I guess the, the presidential injunction said it was over. But when the data started coming out after that, we had 1.1 million people die in America. Mm-hmm. And according to the CDC, BC, 940,000 of them either suffered from diabetes, heart disease, or severe obesity first. And we refused to address those things. Mm-hmm. We refused to try and bring that down. But that's 94%. Mm-hmm. Now, if nobody had diabetes or heart disease, would some of those 94% have died anyway? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably to the probably to the tune of about another six percent. But what's the difference between one point one million people and one hundred and ten thousand? Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, right. Because we're studiously avoiding this one thing that makes such a difference in health, and that's putting in the body what we're designed to have. Right. Well, you know, it's as entrepreneurs we look at our business, and we look we we can see all the things that are wrong, and we attack them and we fix them and and we make them better. But we neglect our own health because we don't think it's it matters. You know, we go home, we have three squares a day, and sometimes we'll snack in between, have an occasional drink. 
and and but <clears throat> you start looking at labels on food and you're thinking, good lord, do I I can't eat this crap. I can't even pronounce half the stuff that's in there. <laughs> right. You know? And then and then they're like, Well, I I need to go online and 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 look at some guru and see what they're doing and see what they're exercising and how they're doing things. And but you don't know if that's gonna actually be right for you. But you just copy what everybody else is doing. Same with business. And it's like, first of all, you're putting so much attention into your business, yet you're neglecting your health. I I, I, I don't know. I, I Sometimes I question people's logic. I, I know how to. And backing up, I know I've been in that place. Mm-hmm. It's the reason I drove myself to a heart attack when I was 39 years old and had two more before I was 41. I've been in that place. You've probably been in that place. I haven't had a heart attack yet. I'm, I'm well, really into stay there. Well, I haven't tried. Either. I haven't tried to die of COVID yet. So you and I are on the same playing field, different, different lanes, right? But no, you look back at it, and the thing is, we're putting health in the wrong place in our mind. I hear people say, "Oh, health has got to be your most important thing. It's got to be your focus." Mm-hmm. Well, it's not going to be your focus because we have bills to pay, we have kids to put through college, we have shit to do, right? And I hear other people with families saying, oh, my kids have to come first. I can't put myself first. My kids have to come first. The thing is, putting our kids first requires that we have our health. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. If we're showing up to our kids tired and lethargic and we're not 100% on and all we want to do is sit down and sleep because we don't have the energy to get up and play with them, are we really putting them first? Right. Right. And if we're condemning them to the last 16 years of our life, they're going to be ball and chain to taking care of us because we're deteriorating and can't do it anymore. Are we really putting our kids first? And the same is true of our business. If we're showing up and we're powering through, we're barely getting done what we need to get done. Are we really putting the business first? Yeah. Well, you know, my, my father-in-law recently died. <clears throat> he was uh, uh, almost 79 years old. And, um, uh, he started getting strokes and when they when they x-rayed him and and did the whole mri stuff and they discovered two two uh veins in the front were clogged and two in the back were clogged so even if they did the surgery he probably would have still <clears throat> had more strokes mm-hmm. and then and and i guess after they died they discovered that his heart had a lot of plaque build up around mm-hmm. but here's the thing is he exercised constantly, you know, up until he was in his late 60s. He ran five miles a day in combat boots. I mean, he was an old army guy, so that, that's how he trained. <clears throat> he ate healthy every single day, but it wasn't enough, you know. And when you look at the cellular level, the things that he was eating, yeah, could have been healthy, still giving him plaque buildup, which ultimately killed him. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and we don't look at that stuff. We think, oh, yeah, let's let's have a bowl of lettuce. That, that should be good. Mm-hmm. Eat more of the good stuff, less of the bad stuff. But yeah. what is chemistry, yeah. right? And if I were to say to you, Rob, everything happening in here is a series of chemical reactions and responses. True or false? I would say true. Yeah, right. and everybody, everybody does. I've never had anybody <laughs> say negative to that. But the thing is, we don't treat our body that way. Right. We're always throwing at it, as you said earlier, what the new guru is doing or what the new fad is, or we're throwing something at it until it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And then we throw something else at it until it doesn't work. And we never stop and say, if it's chemistry, then this is just math. Whatever reaction we want out, we just need to do three things. Put the right things in to get that reaction. Keep the wrong things out because they pollute that reaction Mm -hmm. and get the right balance of things because that's what makes the reaction magic take a cake you're baking a cake and you put all the right ingredients on the countertop everything right nothing wrong you've got exactly the right things there when you're putting the cake together you accidentally put in two teaspoons of sugar and two and a half cups of salt what's going to happen to your cake it's not going to taste very good and it's not going to rise and it's going to be chewy instead of fluffy and just the chemistry is not going to work. So that balance is important. But that's what chemistry boils down to. Are we putting the right things in for our health? And we might be. Mm-hmm. 
are we also putting the wrong things in that pollute that reaction? Yeah. We might be. No, and, and are we and are we getting uh, the right balance? And that's and, the piece and, that and nobody even you thinks know, about. You, you tell people your symptoms and they're like, oh, just just take this pill. Well, how do yeah. I know the pill's gonna work? You've given that pill to, you know, 85% of the people that you tell that, and maybe you have success, but maybe I'm gonna react differently to it. Mm -hmm. And maybe we're not looking at the rest of what I'm putting in right. with that pill because chemistry all reacts yeah. together, right? Yeah. And that's a piece that's a piece that we miss. And we miss that in the diet all the time. When we hear people talking about, uh, take the biggest controversy out there, keto versus veganism, right? The keto guys say, do this because they've had great results with it. Mm -hmm. And with all their heart and soul, they want you to have great results too. The vegans are saying the same thing do this. I've had great results with it with all my heart and soul. Mm -hmm. But are they really looking at what caused those great results? Because if you go full-blown <clears throat> keto, you stop eating factory processed foods. If you go full-blown or vegan, you stop eating factory processed foods. Is it possible that the reason you both feel better is you stop eating factory processed foods? Mm -hmm. Now, we got the wrong thing out. Yeah, it made a huge difference, but are we putting the right thing in? No, because yeah. we're stuck in this ideology instead of looking at the body as chemistry the way we should. Mm -hmm. Right? We've got to be looking at that whole package. Yeah, and 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 I noticed a lot of vegans are, you know, uh, vitamin D deficient. Mm -hmm. They're just not getting enough of that in. Mm -hmm. And then, or you look at some of the the, the you know the, the vegan food, and there's just so much artificial crap pumped in there i'm like oh I don't, I, you're, don't you're like meat me. okay you don't like meat but now you're getting you're getting <laughs> fake meat that has 40 different ingredients in it that nobody can pronounce just eat the freaking meat <laughs> you're talking about the one thing i've never understood in my entire life if you want to go vegan especially if you're going vegan for moral reasons why in the heck do you want everything to look taste and feel like me it's yeah. like I'm never going to cheat on my on my wife, but I'm going to make sure that everything I do comes in the form of a blow up doll, so it'll look, taste, and feel like I'm cheating on my wife, right? I I don't get the whole ideology. Yeah. <clears throat> so you know it, it's uh, and I and I we talked about this off air. I, I you know the the whole thing with injectables versus edibles. You know mm -hmm. edibles being food consumables. Uh, injectables being, you know, the, the, the vitamin packs that you inject into you or, or, you know, NAD or, or whatever they want to call it now. <clears throat> yeah, maybe it's helpful, but <clears throat> is it really what your body wants or is that what you want your body to have? Or is it helpful? <clears throat> right. There's, there's somebody asked me a while ago what I thought about injectable ozone. They were taking ozone therapy intravenously. And this I'm going to use as the hyperbole. It's an absolutely true story, but it's it's out there. But they asked me what I thought about this. They felt so good. They they put it in and they felt their whole body tingle. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you can feel your whole body tingle when things are going well, but you can also feel your whole body tingle when it's oxygen deprived, starving, and you're about to die. Mm -hmm. But I told them my answer. I said, there's absolutely no way in any natural means to get ozone into your body without dying. You try to breathe it, you're not going to live very long. So no, you and, take... and I used to own a cleaning service before I, you know, started writing books and, and helping clients. But we used to have these ozone generators to help with, you know, mold and air quality. And, mm -hmm. and I used to, I used to create a cert. I mean, I used to to show examples of 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 how ozone destroys things. Put a rubber band in front of an ozone machine, and in a couple of days, that 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 rubber just disintegrates. Uh -huh. I can't imagine putting that ozone into your body, your veins, intravenously, which, which are are so much softer than a rubber band. You're destroying your body from within in in any number of ways, <clears throat> and and even if you're putting you know vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin B, D, E, and F, mm -hmm. the thing is we're bypassing the way that the body is designed to process foods. When we do the diabetes workshops, we talk about something called the cephalic phase reaction, which is how your digestive system prepares as soon as it tastes food on your tongue. Mm -hmm. 
You put sugar on your tongue, your body's already secreting insulin. You put fat on your tongue, your digestive system's already secreting bile into your digestive tract. You put it into your body intravenously, your body doesn't prepare for it in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And you have something coming in in an unnatural way that maybe your body can accidentally absorb and use some of. Mm-hmm. maybe because it's coming in in a way your body's not designed to take it, it's actually going to do harm. Or maybe it just goes right through your system and doesn't do anything at all. Yeah. Why do we work so damn hard to avoid just putting stuff in the body the way the body's designed to receive it? Why do we fight that so hard? Well, you know, in the whole organic versus net, I mean, I went to the grocery store the other day and we got some organic bananas. Thinking, okay, they, they're going to be better. They tasted awful. I, I, so I, it just, you know, I, I don't like the taste of organic. Yeah, okay, no pesticides, no this, no that. Is the pesticide changing the flavor? I don't know, but honestly, why can't everything just be grown without the pesticides to begin with? But I don't I- think we're... I I don't think labeling something organic is going to make it uh, safer for you. (laughs) No, and it doesn't mean much anymore either. When the label first came out 30 some odd years ago, when the label first came out, it meant something. Right. It's been so hacked up by lobbyists at this point in time that the label means very little at all. There's so many different layers of organic. And nobody mm-hmm. understands, unless you've studied it, nobody understands what this organic versus that organic. What does 100% organic mean that's different than organically grown? I like when it says organic and then in the small print, biomedically or bioengineered food. <laughs> what is that organic? Organic fake food. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it just now, doesn't now they're Now they're cloning meat uh, to sell to you. Um, I, you know, I, 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 and you know, and, and years ago I used to help, I used to do the marketing for a, a gastric sleeve doctor mm-hmm. and he had some great stuff I and mean, great material. And he used to always tell people protein and produce. And I'm thinking, okay, that, that helps them get thinner and helps them, you know, get their liver in place and, 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 and help with all this stuff so that, you know, it can prepare their body for when they do the surgery. But protein and produce isn't enough. Mm-hmm. So it's you know so yeah that that we have health struggles we we as entrepreneurs need to feel uh, healthier we need to 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 live longer uh, we need to be able to be there for our kids and have a legacy that we can live leave behind but I don't know we, I, we need to make health a leg of that system though right it's mm-hmm. like when an entrepreneur is looking at either I prioritize my health and let my business flounder in a time where the economy is kind of sucky, or I put my business first so that it can excel in this economy and my health is going to fail, we need to be thinking of our health not as the priority, but as the foundation. Mm-hmm. It is the thing that makes it possible for us to do what we really want to do, what we really want to prioritize. One word we need to change, Rob, if I can share this, is we keep saying if you want to be healthy, it's a lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. It's not. You don't become gay or straight or yellow instead of red or this letter instead of that letter. You don't become a gym rat instead of a desk jockey because you want to be healthy. It's not. You want to keep your lifestyle. That's the reason we're here, right? Your health isn't going to be a lifestyle change. Your health is going to make your lifestyle bigger, better, louder, bolder, have a bigger impact on the world, whatever your lifestyle is, because mm-hmm. you have the health to sustain it. Right. Your health isn't the priority. It's a foundation block. And if we think of it that way, it becomes a lot more manageable. Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody goes into their architect and says, oh, most important thing in my house I want to talk to you about is the foundation. No, they're never going to see it. They don't care. They want to have these windows, that paint, these shutters, that woodwork in the office, these floors. That's what they care about. Mm -hmm. The builder knows that the foundation underneath it is going to make sure that all that stuff stands there and works and doesn't fall into the ground one day. Mm -hmm. And that's the place that we need to put our health in our thinking. 
it doesn't take a long time. It doesn't take a big footprint. The diabetes program that we're helping people through right now is having tremendous success rate. It takes people five minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Five minutes to change their life and start bringing blood sugars down in about three to six weeks. And it's five minutes a day. That's not priority. Right. But it is foundational. It is the thing that you need to do if you want everything else to work. And we've got to start thinking of it that way yeah. and, and downsize our thought process so that it becomes doable. <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, I've been noticing from a lot of my friends, uh, relatives, they go to the doctor. The doctor says, the first thing the doctor says is you're pre-diabetic. I'm mm-hmm. thinking everybody's pre-diabetic, you know, uh, and I or the doctor just that's that's their favorite expression. You got to cut out this, 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 this. Um, OK, no, you just have to focus on, you know, <laughs> just uh, that. Yeah, I, I I appreciate doctors. I, I I really do, but I don't think they understand the scope of of you know really helping people. They it, understand. It, they understand uh, pharmaceuticals, right? Yeah, they understand pharmaceuticals, and I'm extremely grateful for the doctors that kept me alive long enough for me to figure out the food. Mm-hmm. Because without the pharmaceuticals, I wouldn't have lived long enough to learn about the food, right? But food isn't their lane. Right. And we need to think of our doctors as not God, but as part of the team. They're going to help me with these things when they break. But if I want to truly be healthy, pharmaceuticals aren't the road. We are designed to become healthy through the food that we eat. And that's not a doctor's lane. And if we keep those things where they belong, then we create teams, teams that work. But as soon as we say, you know, hey, I either love my doctor, he's God, I only do what he says, or I hate doctors. I'm never going to do what they say. Mm-hmm. We're kind of on a downward path either way, right? Right. Yeah, I, I, I have noticed, though, the trend to blame gluten on everything. Um, mm-hmm. And, and <clears throat> maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. Um, you know, um, I do think that the, there is there is more manufacturing being done uh, for food to keep everybody uh you know, uh, well, I, I I think manufacturing needs to, to to put out more food because the demand is there. But you know, I I have noticed that when I do buy bread, it gets moldy faster. Mm-hmm. You know, so am I buying the wrong bread? Am I buying, you know, I'm looking. I go, wow, that molded quick, and I'm putting that in my body. Hmm. Actually, if it molds quick, you're probably on to a better product. Mm. product. Products aren't supposed to have a shelf life of forever in the real world. And what we put into food to give it that shelf life. Preservatives is a fun one because the preservatives we put in the food are there to stop mold, mildew, bacteria. Mm-hmm. They're designed to stop the function of bacteria. And that's how we digest food. Is the function of bacteria. So if we put a bunch of product in a food to stop the function of bacteria for a longer shelf life and we eat it and it stops the function of bacteria effectively, guess what? We now can't digest that food. Mm-hmm. So it, could, more, it may not even be the gluten that's affecting people. It's the preservatives in the food design. Now, yeah. Now you're catching on. So when people ask me, you know, hey, Belden, the right thing's in. That seems easy. How do we keep the wrong things out? I just ask this one question. If a food cannot exist without a factory, literally cannot exist without a factory, there's a good chance it doesn't belong in your body, true or false. Because that right there is how you keep the wrong things out. It doesn't mean that everything that comes from a factory is bad. A lot of things that come from factories you can make in your kitchen. But once they start putting the additives in them to give them an out-of-this-world flavor that doesn't exist in the real world, Mm -hmm. out-of-this-world color, you know, like Cheetos Orange, everybody knows exactly what you're talking about because that color does not exist in nature, right? And zip and a shelf life of forever. Here we call them PECs, preservatives, enhancers, and conditioners, are the three categories of additives going into food to make them something that's addictive in consumer demand and give them that shelf life. 
And those are the things that your body has no freaking clue what to do with. Yeah. And in many, in many cases, they're just downright harmful. These are the things connected to various cancers, to, to mental disorders, to digestive problems, to, to the gut health we keep hearing about these days. These are the products causing those problems. Yeah, you know, and it, and it used to just be in the United States because the, the Europeans have a higher standard of food quality. But mm-hmm. even a lot of the stuff that's being manufactured now is changing over in Europe, and, and they're experiencing the same things that we are. And around the world. Mm-hmm. Around the world, Rob. Um, Japan right now, and this is new. This has been following the footprint of processed food. As processed food moves around the world, Japan now has an 8% diabetes rate. China has a 12%. Pakistan has a 12%. And these are the places that we've traditionally thought of as the healthiest places on earth. Mm -hmm. But they're embracing packaged processed foods. And every place around the world that embraces packaged processed foods, diabetes follows, heart disease follows, and eventually the other chronic conditions that we deal with in this country follow as well. And it's it's really, really clear. Mm-hmm. Where fast food goes, where processed food goes, disease yeah. follows. <clears throat> yeah, and, and it, it's it's uh we talk we, we normally associate fast food with McDonald's and Wendy's and all these other places, and then we'll say, Oh, but Chick-fil-A is safer. They're all fast food. <laughs> there is no safe fast food. Or another one I love, and I've I've been guilty of this myself in the past, is when you're trying to eat better yourself, but I got to give my kids their Takis. I got to give my kids their Mountain Dew because they're kids. And it's like, don't you realize you're setting them up to have the exact same problems you're fighting right now? Mm-hmm. When we yeah. eat healthier, we need to bring them along with that, too, so we can start a generational shift. That stuff on the shelf, Rob, when you get right down to it, the stuff on the shelf is there because we demand it. Mm-hmm. If we demanded better food, better food would be on the shelf. Yeah. But if they put two things on the shelf and everybody's going to buy the one that's packed full of, of garbage, the one that makes them addicted, the one that makes, if that's where people go, yeah. guess what's going <clears> to <throat> be on the shelf? And- and uh, you know, even fruit. You know, it used to be fruit was packed in its own juices. Mm-hmm. Now it's packed in artificial sweetener and preservatives, and preservatives, and colors, and you name it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's like, okay, great. Uh, even the fruit's killing me. And even the fruit that you buy fresh off the shelf. You've got to take the time to clean and wash because of what's being put on them to make them last longer on the shelf these days. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not that it can't be done. It's just that we need to be aware and cognizant. And I think we need to reach a point. I know I did. And the thing is, I reached this point when it was damn near too late. I'm lucky to be alive today. But having come through that, I came through with a different state of mind and taking the time to wash a piece of produce is okay now. hmm Making the time to cook is okay now. Where I used to say before, I don't have the time for that. Yeah. But God, what a difference it would make if I had that situation. I was watching a commercial the other day, an old commercial from like the 50s. When TV dinners came out, people thought it was a big deal and they just got their dinner and they were watching TV. and, 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 And we evolved way beyond that. We don't even take our food to prepare it in the oven. We just call an Uber, have it delivered while we're still eating. I mean, while we're watching our Netflix. Yeah. Netflix chill. Yeah. Okay. You you just skipped a whole bunch of steps, but uh, yeah, you're, you're just going to die faster. Um, and then I go back to that movie Wally, where you just see a bunch of fat people <laughs> just going through the conveyors. And- that. That movie is a great testament on the state of food. Another one is Over the Hedge. That whole movie is about the animal kingdom encountering the processed foods of people. And it's another great testimony to what's happened with food. And we write about it and we laugh about it. We just don't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like food is the ultimate shiny object. And and I I have told... 
a lot of listeners, I, I've told a lot of uh, my clients, you know, how to avoid shiny objects when it comes to business, making those right choices. Mm -hmm. But without your health, you're not going to have a business. You know, if you die early, you die from cancer, you die from plaque buildup, whatever it is, you can't operate that business anymore. Next generation does or whoever where it becomes non-existent. But you created that business to be able to fund your personal life. But now you're giving up your personal life and health to fund the business. So I think we need to come back and say, look, yeah, uh, I, I, I am struggling in business, but let's fix the foundation, which is the health, and then come back to the business and fix that then. And maybe, just maybe, if I have my health, I can come to my business with a greater physical strength, a better mental stamina, better clarity of thought, mm -hmm. so that I can work through those problems in the business better, right? Yeah. Yeah, Are I you mean, aware? Back in September, my wife and I went to, uh, and we took uh, my daughter and, and boyfriend, we went to Disney World. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that whole week, we uh, used our phones to see how far we were walking. And uh, we did like 36 miles of walking in that week. I felt great. I felt amazing. I, you know, I was, I was eating fantastic food. I was walking. I, I just, I had the energy. And then I come home and it's cold. I'm not walking. And, and I just, like the last two weeks, I felt lethargic. I, I just, I'm like, I need to get out and walk. I need to do something. I need to. And, and, and I think that's the problem. We, we think, okay, we need vacations to re-energize ourselves. Mm -hmm. Well, what are you doing after the vacation? Are you still exercising? Are you still doing all the things that you should be doing? Mm -hmm. Or are you only doing them on vacation? Get out there, Rob. We need you around for a while. Yeah, at least a couple of weeks. You've you've got the brand of sarcasm we need to hang around to as long as we can. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm working on it. You know, I just I I don't like to be nice to people. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I we were at uh, we were at the grocery store the other day. I was losing my mind. <clears throat> I. We normally go to a grocery store like nine, ten o'clock at night when there's nobody around. It's just easier to navigate through the lane, you know, the aisles and pick what we want. This grocery store was a madhouse. And people were just stopping their carts in the middle of the aisle, looking around. And I'm like, I, I must have had to say, excuse me, 40 times, just get people out. You know. And I think this is why we just order shit from Amazon now and and there again we've we've prioritized our time versus prioritizing our health and so we need to go out there and, and look at am I really going to the right grocery store? Am I actually buying the right food? Am I, you know, what am I putting in my body? You know, so it's it's uh you, but nobody you wants to ask some, those questions. You hit on some fun stuff there though, right? You normally go to the grocery store when the traffic is light. Mm -hmm. I I hate Costco because of the crowds in Costco. So my local Costco, I asked him one day, when is the time to come in here when you don't have to deal with this? Yeah. And she said, Tuesday morning, right when we open. What time do you mm -hmm. open? 10 o'clock. Great. I'm here. But I actually wound up getting the Enterprise membership so I could go there at 8. <laughs> and then I don't have to worry about that even. But see, that was just a question. And now I know. Mm -hmm. Right? That's usually all it takes. Yeah. All it takes is a tiny little bit of proactiveness and we'll know when is the right time to go. When is the way to maximize our time? When is the way? I mean, that's an entrepreneurial thing. We don't want to waste time. We're busy. Well, not only do we not want to waste time, but we want to do it in a stress-free way. Mm -hmm. and, and so if we're getting stress from buying food, going to the grocery store, or you know, trying to figure out what it is that, that our health is crying for, um, that's going to create anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to say, well, if this creates anxiety, I don't want to do it. So find a way to go to the grocery store where there's less people, less anxiety, mm -hmm. and actually look at what you're buying. And realize what really creates the highest level of anxiety. Right. 
because, when our health uh, when our health starts to go to shit, there is no greater anxiety than that. Yeah, and 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 nobody needs a case of Takis, <laughs> or even a bag, or even, or even a, a Taki. <laughs> I tasted those, and I'm like, not even people like this shit. This is nasty. And, oh yeah, and then they put that that flaming crap on everything, and it's like, dude, I, I understand it's it's a cultural thing some people like that spice stuff but good it's, lord it's an addiction thing and it's designed to be addictive it's addictive on purpose i made a deal with my son and i mean entrepreneurial parents if you're a parent and an entrepreneur your time is really at a premium but i made a deal with my son back in the day when he was a talkie fiend and i said you know we're just going to have a few rules not many i'm going to cook you're going to eat but that doesn't mean you have to eat everything on your plate. I'm not going to be that parent that makes you sit there. So you get to choose how much of what you want to eat on your plate and what you want to eat on your plate. If you eat it all, you can have some Takis. And that was the deal. And in the beginning, he was that stubborn kid. And he's like, I want my Takis. So he ate it all. By eating it all, it wasn't long. It was less than two months time. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want Takis because he started realizing when he ate the food, he felt good. Mm-hmm. And when he ate the Taki, he started feeling like shit. And when he started to realize that for himself, but all I did was provided the environment for him to learn. I didn't force it down him. Mm-hmm. And we can take that lesson because you fight with kids. It's going to be the hardest fight you ever have when it comes to food. Yeah. Right? And, and in fact, I just saw, uh, uh, saw a post where someone's, you know, was, was commenting how uh, people are so mean. Parents are so mean that they, Tell their kids, you can't leave the table until you're done eating your food. That was my turn. And I I, I look back and I'm thinking, you know, I I think I did that to my kids. And I know it was done to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But when the food tastes awful, when when I know darn well, I'm not putting that in my body. Well, three-year-olds pick that up quick. Uh They don't want to eat that crap either. So, um, Oh, man. My parents did that to me, and I would wait until everybody was gone from the table, oatmeal especially. I hated oatmeal. I'd wait until everybody was gone, and I'd bury it in a houseplant. And we had houseplants everywhere, so I'd bury it in a houseplant, come back with like maybe a mouthful so it looked legit when I like choked down the last piece. <laughs> hmm. So oh. what's what's the greatest advice you give Uh your uh, customers and clients gosh it's it's such a holistic thing rob if i were to boil everything down to one piece of advice it would be to stop and realize that because we are chemistry we know what to do if we're throwing darts then we're listening to people who don't know what's going on chemistry we know what to do Think of your body that way. And when you're not feeling energy, ask yourself the questions. What am I putting into my body that's taking that energy away? And let's stop doing that mm-hmm. so that we can get our energy back up. And, and it's a handful of things like this. It's not rocket science, but it can't be boiled down to the one big thing. We always hear this in business. What's the one big thing? And if you're boiling your health down to the one big thing, you're going to constantly struggle. Your body is a bunch of interconnected pieces. And if we're only focused on one of them, how do I get my cholesterol down while we're not asking, what the fuck? Sorry, got to be careful <laughs> on a podcast. What, what the hell is that cholesterol doing? And mm-hmm. if we're not asking that question, then we're going to fight down something in our body that our body is making on purpose. Yeah. Right. So we have to think more holistically. It's not the one big thing. It's understanding a few basic principles. It takes just a few days to learn. But once you learn it and you understand the principles of how the body works, you begin knowing how to work with it mm-hmm. instead of constantly trying to hack it. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've noticed, though, a lot of people, uh, well, I hate one, I hate the word hack, but mm-hmm. the body, me too. Is, Right. And they try to hack their diet. And then you look at them and go, dude, I, I think you're jaundice. I, I, I think you need to get some sunlight. You need to, 
it's it's what they're eating. <laughs> Dude, no, you need help. Can I give one example of the body hack and how <laughs> important it is to not think that way? We're doing a lot of work in the diabetes area right now. Diabetes is the fastest growing disease in the world. You may have heard a lot this year. 2023 seems to be the year of coming out against non-sugar sweeteners. The erythritol report in February that said erythritol is causing heart disease and stroke. We had the sucralose and its connection with gut disease and cancer. We had the aspartame report. We had the WHO come out and just say, just stop eating non-sugar sweeteners. Well, aspartame, right? aspartame since the 80s. I mean, We've I known this for a long it used to cause right? me headaches, but... Yeah, we've known it for a long time. But the thing is this, the reason the WHO came out against it is because the the new science, and this isn't a new science, it's been around 100 years, but in 2019, it came into its own and it's starting to get a lot of attention. And it's the science of interoception. Interoception is the way that your body monitors, your mind, your brain, monitors the organs of your body and regulates them according to how they're working, Right. So let me give you just a quick example of how body hacks are killing us in a very literal way. When we put sugar into our body or a sugary food, we get a sugar spike. Thank you, continuous glucose monitors, for showing us that. We've been getting them for millions of years, but thank you, continuous glucose monitors, for letting us see one so that we can get scared from it, right? So we've been hearing for decades, eat non-sugar sweeteners. Sugar is terrible for you. Eat non-sugar sweeteners. It won't spike your blood sugar. And that's true. It won't spike your blood sugar. But follow this for a second. When you put sugar on your tongue, your body immediately secretes a small amount of insulin. Mm -hmm. We call it the first insulin response. As soon as that response happens, it's like a primer and it sets a clock on your pancreas. Two hours later, it's going to have the secondary or the primary insulin response. And that's going to get everything in your body ready for the incoming sugar. Mm -hmm. But what if that taste of sweet wasn't sugar? Your body has the exact same response. Mm -hmm. Your body floods you with insulin, only now no sugar came in. So that insulin starts bonding with the sugar that's supposed to be in your blood. And you wind up with dangerous hypoglycemia. So your liver has to kick in and start creating emergency glucose to get your blood sugar back up. And you wind up with this mess in your body. Why? Because we lied to it with the food that we put on our tongue. Yeah. So yeah. the body begins to re-regulate. Through interoception, the brain begins to re-regulate the pancreas to not produce insulin at the taste of sweet. Now what happens when you do eat sugar? You wind up with sugar and no insulin to bond to it. And we wind up with diabetes. Why did we wind up with diabetes? Now, diabetes has been a thing for thousands of years or a very small percentage of the population. But because of what we're doing, lying to our body with the food that we're choosing, much of which people are choosing, trying to hack their body mm -hmm. to make it work better, lies to the body in a way that's causing the disease. By 2025, diabetes is going to be 50% of the U.S. population. Mm -hmm. Pre-diabetes, type 1 or type 2, we're estimating half of the population is going to have it. Yeah. And it's body hacks that are causing that. If we would just eat the way we're supposed to eat and stop trying to hack the system and stop trying to find the shortcuts and the one pill wonders and the one thing, if we just start working with it the way it's designed, yeah. what, a, what a difference it would make. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, the vitamin market, pharmaceuticals. Billions. And billions and billions of dollars just in supplements. Mm -hmm. And we're not even talking pharmaceuticals. I mean, you got one drug during the COVID pandemic that made over $80 billion for two drug makers. Yeah. Right? And, and the thing is, is that uh, had it been any other drug with the, the, the effect that it had on people, you know, killing them. Mm. <laughs> that would have been pulled off the market within a month. Mm -hmm. But because it was government sanctioned, it was allowed to go through and, and we're still dying from it. Mm -hmm. Oh, you got your 23rd booster. That's awesome. Okay. But what's it done to your body since then? I got to tell you, I was talking to a couple last night 
Well, I'm absolutely certain don't watch your show. So I'll share this. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be a certain caliber of wonderful person to hang out on, on Rob Ansbeck's show. You got so many amazing people that follow you. It's beautiful. But I'm talking to this couple and they just got their combination flu shot, COVID shot yesterday. And they were talking about how glad they are they got it. Oh, I feel like shit today. I feel so sick. I was down. I was like sleeping. I, my, I hurt. But I'm so glad I got it. And I'm like, man, I'm so glad I didn't get it because I feel great. <laughs> I didn't get it. Uh, I refused to get it. And I haven't had a flu shot since 1992. Mm -hmm. um, I, I believe wholeheartedly our body has the ability to heal itself. Yes, sometimes 100%. it needs a push here and there. Sometimes it needs an assist. Um, but I, I don't want to put too many foreign drugs in my system and screw me up. Your body needs two things, right? Your body's a building system. Every cell in your body is built out of what you put into it. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to build a house and you have two tons of glass and three studs, you're not going to build much of a house, are you? <laughs> right? So not only do we have to have the right stuff, we have to have it in the right balance so the body has what it needs to do the job of healing us, mm -hmm. right? That's number one. We've got to start getting that part right. Once we have that right and the body has what it needs to heal us, then we need to remember the second part of chemistry. And the third part's important too, but the second part is every time we say everything is okay in moderation, we're justifying building our house with moldy wood with wood full of fire ants and termites we're justifying that mm -hmm. and saying it's okay in moderation i can have a certain amount of shitty wood in my house and that's okay mm -hmm. it's in moderation we're saying that with what we put in our body and we've got to stop that kind of language and realize that this right here we only get one mm -hmm. when it's done it's done when it all comes toppling down and you and i have both had the experience of having it almost topple down right and you think differently after that. You think mm -hmm. a lot differently after that. But we're lucky we're still here, Rob. Right. There's a lot of people that aren't that lucky. You need to think of this proactively before mm -hmm. you wind up with the major damage. Right. And, and you know, I don't want everybody else out there to have a life incident where it pushes you to take a change. Mm -hmm. Make the change now. Amen. You know? And just realize, and it's right back to that same thing we started at, just realize that this is the foundation. You mm -hmm. don't have to make it your top priority. You need to make it your foundation so that you can do everything else you want to do. Bigger, better, badder, louder. Mm -hmm. So the Rob can take a whole lot more phone calls and share them with us on social media. Oh, I know. And, and you know, we started out saying that, you know, everything's a health struggle and it is. However, just like in business where you do something and, and after you know, so many days, 21 days, 30 days, 60, it becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. And you get those good habits into your health. Maybe it takes longer than 21 days. Maybe it takes you know, a whole year. But you got to develop those, those better eating habits and those better health habits so that you're going to be a around for a longer time. You want to know how to do it by tomorrow? By tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. Ask a different question. We always ask, do I want to eat this food? And we have this internal argument about it, right? Mm -hmm. Angel on one shoulder saying, no, you don't. And all the logical reasons, the devil on the other shoulder says, shut up and eat it. Usually the devil looks like an Oreo cookie to me. It, yeah, something along those lines. And it always wins, right? But it's because we're asking the wrong question. We're asking, do I want to eat that food? And we're struggling with justifying it. But if we take a little bit of time, Rob, and we ask, how do we want to experience life? Do I want to experience my life waking up every morning energetic, standing straight up because I don't hurt, mm -hmm. being able to go and play like a kid because I can? Do I want to experience my life traveling and enjoying and having the mobility to do anything I want to do? or do I want to experience my life waking up in the morning, taking five minutes to get vertical because everything in my body hurts and being completely lethargic, needing a nap at two in the afternoon, always wanting to travel, but never doing it because I don't have the energy or the mobility. How do you want to experience life? 
And once you've defined how you want to experience your life, you only need to ask one question. Does that food get me closer to the way I want to experience my life? And you won't have an internal argument. Mm-hmm. We'll know the answer every single time. Yeah. You know, and, and it, you know, I, I want to go back to when I went to Disney with, with the family. Yes, I felt energetic. Yes, I was, I was walking everywhere. But every time I go back to Disney World, I see more and more and more people in their mobility chairs because they don't have the energy to walk. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that person. The energy or the mobility. Yeah. yeah. And when you see that and all the kids are like, God, I wish I could do that. Yeah. Just, just ask yourself how many things they're not doing because they can't. Mm-hmm. Not in that chair. Yeah. How many things are they missing out on? Right? Disney World, they have the the auto race, right? The ride at the, I think it's a building sponsored by oh, yeah. Chevy, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you get out there in these two cars and you're racing on this track with each other and it's so much fun. Guess what you don't get to do in a mobility chair? <laughs> right? And just take the time to think about that kind of stuff when you think about how you want to experience your life. Are you aware, by the way, Rob, that we keep track of the average healthy lifespan in this country? Not the average lifespan, the average healthy lifespan. And this is this is at what age is a person when they start on life-sustaining drugs or medical equipment? In other words, how old would they die if we didn't have pharmaceuticals and medical equipment? I would say, I would say in the uh, late fifties. Close. Early 60s. 62. 62. The average person in this country would be dead before they retire if it wasn't for pharma and medical equipment. But then ask the next question, where is your quality of life gone when it's only being artificially sustained? That's just not where I want to be. I I know way too many people on blood thinners, on on hypertension medicine, on this and that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do you really need all that crap? And what's it doing to their quality of life? Yeah. Right? Great, I'm alive. I can't get it up anymore, so I don't get to enjoy sex. But hey, I'm alive. Right? Where's the quality of life gone? Yeah. So every listener out there, if you want a better quality of life, head on over to visit Belden. And, and where do they go? Nutritional.fitness. No com, no net, none of that crap. Just nutritional.fitness. How cool is that, by the way? Just get your company name as your URL. Nutritional.fitness. There you go. Yeah. So, everybody, stop struggling with your health. Go see Belden. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Adios. Thanks for the invite, Rob.